Welcome, welcome to another episode of Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan, and I am joined by Kevin Ducey tonight, but you will not be seeing Kevin. He's just the voice. He's, he's just like the voice in my ear. So what's up, Kev? Glad glad you could join me tonight. Yeah, what's up, man? Just having a little bit of technical difficulty with my internet in the house. And so, uh, and then every time I try and move my phone or whatever, it messes up. But I am here rocking my hometown hype apparel shirt. I will wear it for the show next week as well. Since I, but we're Twinkies because we got the same one. It's a dope shirt, really good, good material here. I'm a really big fan of it. So, uh, all good. Sorry, y'all, people won't get to see my ugly mug tonight, but we'll, we'll make it through. I mean, yeah, I, I would say this. It's only disappointing because a lot of people tune in to see you and your handsome oh, yeah, face. But it's all good in the hood. So, uh, again, I, I'll mention that hometown hype apparel. I mean, look at that, Kev. Look at it. I mean, it's great shirt. Yeah. It, is. it fits good. It feels, you know what I'm saying? So, shout out to uh, Scott Davies at hometownhypeapparel.com. They are the official sponsor of uh, Keeping It Orange and Blue. Uh, you can get a hold of him at hometownhypeapparel.com or at 217-278-0120. They got a promo going on right now. You put in orange and blue, you get 10% off your first order. Uh, I think you should do it. I know I'm actually in the middle of doing it. If you know anyone who, you know, their school could use an uplift in their gear, you know what I'm saying? Better fitting, better looking. You need to hit up Scott Davies and give him a call and check his website out. Because uh, there's a lot of schools around here that don't really have their own uh, flair or like solid gear. It just Some of it looks plain generic boring if you need something to spruce it up a little go to hometown hypeapparel.com so amen, dude. amen yeah with that being said kevin you know not tons really going on um we got several things we're going to talk about tonight we'll do some q a with all the amazing folks out there on youtube and who've been subscribing to our youtube channel and the ones you know who follow on twitter um we appreciate you as well you know, obviously, who follow us? You know, follow Kev at Illini Deuce on Twitter, and all the awesome people who listen the day after, the morning after on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, but I want to talk really quickly before we get into the main topics. I just am loving Kevin how Brett Bielema is just giving that fire, <laughs> bringing the bringing the fire on Twitter, man. Yeah, social, absolutely. Social media. <laughs> Social media, hometown hype, koozies. All right. Um, just anytime he gets a chance, they're talking about who's the who's the best coach in the Big Ten, you know. And, you know, of course, Brett Bielham has won the most Big Ten trophies, titles of any coach in the Big Ten. And Dude, Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle being on that list is bullshit. Uh, James Franklin being on that list over Kirk Ferentz and Brett Bielema is kind of garbage. But Luke Fickle is 6-7 and seven as a Big Ten coach. I'm sorry. Like, if you if you're gonna count what he did at Cincinnati, then you have to include what Brett Bielema did at Wisconsin, which is just as if not more impressive. Uh -huh. And I'm sorry, but we just saw a coach leave a mid-major program where he had them undefeated, and he was the talk of everything. And how'd that work out for Scott Frost? How'd that go for him? Hmm. Yeah, didn't go so well, did it? So, I mean, having Luke Fickle on there is a slap in the face to every established Big Ten coach, but especially Brett Bielema and Kirk Ferentz. And the thing, and here's the thing, Brett. Brett's I, one thing I I love about Brett. He's petty to the degree of like he holds that chip, man, and he doesn't forget it. And he's going to use that to drive and fuel his how he coaches these games this year. Like how people look at him thinking, man, you're just an afterthought. Maybe you're a top five or six coach in this league, but there ain't no way in hell you're going to ever do anything at Illinois like you did, you know, like you did at uh, – at, This ain't Cincinnati. No. It's, you know, and that – I mean, I don't know if they've noticed, but the Illini program is on the rise. I mean, it's surging. And really? I think after another year of eight to ten wins, which we both agree on, People are going to believe in it and think, wow, I mean, this is this is more of a consistent thing. I think we need to take Illinois seriously, like for real. And, uh, man, I'm so excited, Kevin. We're in July now. Yeah, buddy. And, man, you know what that means? Four weeks from, like, fall camp. That means, like, eight weeks from – eight to nine weeks from, like, that 
under the lights against Toledo. I'm excited for that for that tailgate on that Saturday. And then you'll be in Lawrence for week two. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, against most likely. and my buddy, my buddy, shout out Big Phil said he'll come and pick you up. You know it's on the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Phil's comes you know, swoop me up out of Dallas on his way up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude, dude, Big Phil's an awesome guy, man, and yeah, I'd take him up on it. He knows all the best spots to eat. I'm sure, better, maybe even more than you. And uh, so, because he's a Texas I, guy. Yep, Phil and I had a chance to hook up in Dallas for an Illinois Rutgers game a couple of years ago for basketball with another couple other Illinois fans. It's a good time, really good dude. So, okay, yeah. So uh, fingers crossed, he can make it to that. Um, so now. We'll switch gears a little bit. Again, we just had to give Brett hit that love because, man, I'm loving. You don't see other you don't see other Big Ten coaches doing stuff like that, Kev. Really? No, and I love it. And I, I think it's I think it's it's a level that I think the program. It, uh, I think the fans feel it a little bit. Like we feel like we're on the rise as a program, and we we want respect, and we got a little bit of chip on our shoulder. And I think the the fact that Brett's got a chip on his shoulder for the program is a good thing. I, I want I, I know that Aaron. Aaron Henry's got a chip on his shoulder, and I know that I, I want a team with a chip on their shoulder. So let's go, let's go execute on it. Let's let's go out there and play play angry, and uh, you know, figure out a way to dominate. And uh, and like I said, win eight to ten games this year, do wow. executive seasons. You're gonna be you become more and more sexy and more and more attractive to kids coming into your program. You know, we just were a Final Four for. You know, Marquise Lightfoot, who chose chose Miami, can't blame him there. Sounds like Jason Taylor's, like, coach or personal, you know, uh, somebody, his personal guy was involved there that kind of swayed him. But that's because Bielen was building something here, and I, and I like it. I'm all for it, so. Uh, oh, my good, And that's the thing is the light – and we'll talk a little bit about some football recruiting at the end of this. But um, he has definitely brought Illinois back to being in – like, Caleb Pyfrom. For, you know what? Yeah. Going in and swooping him out of Nebraska to taking him yeah. away from. Him. Uh, so, with that said, Kev, we're going to go switch gears to the hoops program. Um, and we're going to focus here on. We'll get back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with this one. I like this one. All right. We're going to go to uh, Ty Rogers uh, being PG1. Um, Ty Rogers is going to have the keys to the program. So it looks like if they do take someone else uh, in the class, Kevin, um, that it's going to be a 2024 reclass. Um, and also one cool thing, a neat thing we were hoping and talking about, Justin Harmon is coming, is going to qualify and he is going to be joining the team and, and playing on the team this year. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we were, we were hinting. It was intimated that it might not come. There were some thoughts or some concerns that were out there, um, but since then he's taken care of business in the classroom, and I, it was just a level. Of, it was a credit on what was going to transfer into Illinois for to be able to be in the graduate program and stuff like that. But now, if we're going to talk about Ty Rogers truly being point guard one, you got to and then and then backups would be uh, Drake Gibbs Lawhorn or uh, Nico Moretti, our guy, fan of, fan of the show. Nico, love you, kid. Um, you you want you'd want some a little bit more experience. So you you basically have three guys at the point guard position who really have never started a game at the college level uh, running point guard. Hey, and listen, you can go watch them. There, there's film out there that Ty Rogers initiated and ran some sets as a point guard for Illinois last year. Um, did it against Indiana, highly effective in doing it, and I think he'll he'll be really good. But what Harmon does is Harmon actually provides you a guy who's got experience running the one. And I know people will talk about his turnovers, but his, his turnover problems really were, we're, in, we're in the, the transition highlighted yeah. in transition. And so he can come in and run a half court set for us. He can go get a bucket for you. He can shoot. So I'm actually really excited about what they're doing. Um, uh, obviously, I, for, I left out Sincere Harris. I, I and, and mainly because I think about this running the point guard side from the offense, which is sincere. Sincere is not um really the most refined guy offensively but he and he's a beast defensively and don't get me wrong i love his game i just kind of forgot about him a little bit and he can definitely still get you to run run some sets but he brings the same concern that that ty does in the inability to shoot um specifically free throws so yeah and and all signs are all signs are pointing to their big improvement for both of them shooting the ball in the offseason obviously 
a big difference between shooting in the offseason and playing in big games. But Illinois is going to have enough guys by committee. I feel a lot more comfortable about that than we did last year when Sky Clark left, you know. Um, yeah. Especially with having a guy like Harmon. Harmon has – all people need to do is just go watch his highlights from the year. It isn't even just the NIT. He can yeah. handle the ball. He can break guys down off the dribble. He can break people's ankles. He can he can create people's shots. He can attack the rim. You know, he gets to the rim. He'll be finding guys in the half-court set. There'll be times when Sincere's going to come in for a couple minutes and spell Harmon and, and Rodgers, and maybe Rodgers won't have to play the point. Harmon, uh, you know, Sincere's going to come in and for two or three minutes and put some play some lockdown D on whoever the opposing starting guy is, you know, wear him down a little bit. You'll see Ty probably running a couple sets, and then Harmon will take a couple. And then, you know, uh, Sincere, and then when – Dre Gibbs Lawhorn comes in. He'll probably bring the ball up a little bit. And I've heard that no one one on one can handle him with the ball. So, yeah. Including Harris. So I find it very hard. Who I believe Harris will win a defensive player of the year in the Big Ten before he graduates. So, uh, I certainly hope so. Yeah. I mean, he's got the ability. Uh, his biggest challenge is going to be he's going to have to provide enough on the offensive end to get himself on the floor for 30 minutes a game for a full Big Ten season. And well, I we had well, I'm about to interrupt you too quickly, but I need to say this, and then I'll let you finish your point. We actually had a guy on here who his his style play and how he shot his first year. Uh, Rafael Rafael Davis was not very good his freshman year. Uh, yeah, he was he was actually terrible shooting the ball. Like they made fun of him; he was so bad. He even said that on the show. Um, that just goes to show you. By the time he was a senior, he was a a thirty to thirty three percent three-point shooter and guys couldn't just leave him open. He ended up winning a big 10 player uh, defensive player of the year. I think the intangibles, the athleticism and the, the instincts defensively are already there for Harris. It's just being getting himself up to, as you said, but I think he's got two more years after this year to get that done. And I think that's going to happen, Kev. Yeah. And you can look at other guys too. Um, you can look at, guys a little closer to our program for this you could look at darren williams freshman stats i mean i think he shot 40 percent from the free throw line I, I think people forget how bad darren was offensively as a freshman uh and i'm not saying i'm not going to compare sincere to darren i mean that guy's just you know was the top one of the top point guards in the nba for a better part of the decade but yeah i mean his his freshman year he shot 53 percent from the free throw line um now he did shoot 35 percent from three uh but, I mean, it was 42% overall from the floor, so it's not good. It was a little bit better than Harris. But also, you know, if you go back to Chester Frazier's, I mean, Chester Frazier's sophomore year was, I mean, that was the game, that was the season where uh, Purdue just left him. And, I mean, he almost had a breakdown on the court because uh, his, his sophomore year, he was so atrocious. I mean, his freshman year, he shot 50% from the line. His first three years at Illinois, his best season shooting from the line was 59%. Um, and then he, he did shoot over 66% as a, as a senior. He shot 38% from three as a senior. Yeah, I think it was his junior year. It was a really bad year overall. Um, and so, yeah, he's 33% to- from the field total. I mean, like, so there's got you can get better, right? Um, and, you, and you can – and defense is going to help you find the floor. I mean, heck, we go to DeMonte. DeMonte had the one year where he shot 50% from three. Uh, your guy here called it that he was going to shoot 40% that year. I guess I was a little low. Uh, but DeMonte's struggle was shooting up into that point. So there's certain things guys can guys can improve and guys can take moments. And I, I think Sincere can do that. I think Ty can do that. Do I ever think they're going to be dead eyes from the outside? No. Um, do I think they can be effective from the free throw line? Yes. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think Chester is actually a perfect example for the program. Um, he looked, I would say, lost. I think is a good is a good way to say it. Um, yeah. Freshman year, and then by the time he was a senior, again near forty percent. Um, it's too bad he ended his senior year, you know, injured. I think that team could have made some dam- done some damage. Um, but so off of Sincere Harris to finish up with Ty Rogers, um, I just uh, definitely feel a lot better about it. Even though when you lose like the a guy like Ray J Dennis, I know it seemed like super deflating and. Then, oh, the whole Reeves situation, you know, he didn't want to have to put some effort in and go finish his degree at ISU. So he did the easy thing and stayed at Kentucky, 
you know, so it's kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. This is the team, blah, blah, blah. I mean, but there's, there's guys like Terrence Shannon Jr. who's going to be, to me, at least a second team uh, All-America by the end of the year. You know, another first team All-Big Ten type player. You know, Coleman Hawkins has a chance this year to not just be an honorable mention. I think he could make a second or third team All-Big Ten. Kev, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, maybe. Um, I, I just the, I, I, the tools are there. I mean, oh, 100%. 100%. You know, and I was going back to sincere stuff too. I mean, like, he did, he overall was 43% from the field. I mean, he shot 48% from two. He was 31% from three. I mean, his worst his worst shooting percentage was 20% from the free throw line. So that's the area that can be that clearly, if you can shoot 31% from three, you can shoot. You shoot sixty percent from the free throw line, so yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you stay on the floor, that's what, that that's the key. I mean, it's all those guys. I mean, Ty Rogers in the same boat. Like they've got all the athleticism and size and bounce and ability that the that for them. And it's kind of crazy because normally you're talking guys with ability and athleticism. Well, what's it going to take for them to stay on the floor? It's like can they guard people? Like I mean, that's what we're going to say about Drake uh, Gibbs Lawhorn. And I know he can guard. Yeah, I mean, when you're that athletic, though, like you, it'll be a lot easier to stay in front of somebody. You know, yeah, we've seen lots of athletic athletic guys who just don't care. <laughs> you know, I but mean, that's here's another care. thing, Kevin, that might help. Maybe looking at a scouting report could help. <laughs> oh, we had no, some we guys can't. on the team. We had some guys on the team last year, and by the way, I love the shots fired from Ty Rogers too. Um, oh, he yeah. had that. He had that scope out. Um, <laughs> So, and it's pretty easy to take a guess of who he was talking about. Four guys left. Okay, so he was talking about one of the four guys. Okay, or two of the four guys. Or maybe three of the four guys. Yeah. Uh, And I think one of them not so sure. Okay, I'll give you a little hint. I think one of them plays at Georgia now that he wasn't talking about. Okay, so. Just come out and say it, dude. The shots fired were at Sky, Jaden, and to a point, Matt Meyer. Um, Matt Meyer. Yep. Matt, he's a weirdo. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but he just he just did strange things. He was odd. I mean, he lost his shoe for like two minutes during the Arkansas game. He didn't score a bucket in that game. Getting hammered on monsters and not being and, and being sick and missing practice. That's a fifth year guy, a fifth year fifth year playing college basketball. Knock that garbage off. Be a leader. He wasn't a leader. He got in an altercation with Sky. Yeah. And Sky Sky quits on the team in the middle of the season. Jaden Epps quit on the team in the middle of a game. Like a I'm, couple, I'm not, a couple I'm, times. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not with this like candy coat to BS and people have said stuff on t- Twitter and I'm I'll call it out like well, Illinois just shits on every guy that leaves. No, they didn't. No, nobody crapped on pods when they left. We know some things. I, we know some things that happened in the background there, but nobody said that. Nobody in the program, no fans said bad things about him. Nobody crapped on Adam Miller. We were mad he left. We felt he got bad advice that he left, but nobody was yeah. crapped on him. Nobody crapped on Curbelo. We we're like hoping he could get his stuff right because he was amazing before the concussion. Nobody crapped on Alan Griffin. Like so, this this line, this 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 garbage that. Uh, Illinois players leave, and then the fans and the coaching staff craps on them is a line of bullshit. And I fired back at the Sleepers Network. I'm waiting to hear back from those fools. Go look at the second half highlights against Northwestern, and you watch this team that's rallying back from a 20-point deficit, and the bench is going nuts, and there's a pouty little bitch in the corner who doesn't even get off the – bench and and, and and refused to come in the game he wasn't even clapping and cheering his teammates i'm sorry dude like i i got i got no patience for jade Nebs. and i've rooted for every kid after they left illinois i hope he sucks i hope georgetown sucks they didn't kick rocks like this is i, I i'm feeling a little brett, brett bielema here like i'm like this is ryan this is why we're different because we can yep. say this stuff we, yep. we don't we, we're not part of the media we are the voice of the fans and I'm going to come out firing tonight because, frankly, I'm pissed off about it. I'm pissed off about the way the Sleepers Network handled it. I think, like, they're being so soft. Oh, and oh dude, love- trust me. Trust me. I'm not – okay, Greg Waddle follows me from the Sleepers. And let me tell you, I'm not a fan of Carter Elliott. Never have been because he took pot shots at me about what happened to me a decade ago. And then – and I called him out and I said this. I said, oh, yeah, you want to talk about what happened to me? 
a decade ago. Well, guess what? I said, in your dreams, will you ever have as many followers as I have? And he's trying his best to get his followers up. Remember, they got the field of 68 retweeting their stuff. They're part of that major network. The man still only has 3,000 followers. Okay. I told him he needs to step his game up and he's actually get a real opinion on things. Stop being some fake media guy who thinks he has some special opinion because he's a fucking Michigan or Michigan state fan or whatever the hell he is last year when they came to the Illinois game and pretended they were in the crush or whatever the hell they did. Uh, Carter Elliott and Greg were just kind of, they know they jumped the gun about the whole Ty Rogers comment about how we always are shitting on, uh, Greg Waddle and Carter Elliott know they jumped the gun with the whole crap about Illinois just shits on all yeah, everybody that leaves just because they're <laughs> angry, they're angry that Michigan hasn't beaten Illinois since I was like twenty, you know. So and I'm in my mid thirties. So uh, well, they did they, they did create Daddy Brad, so that's okay. Yeah, but my point is, is that they always are talking about, oh, come, let's be in the Orange Crush, and let's let's come with some hot take about Illinois, because because the Illinois player said something. Let's have a hot take, emergency pod, emergency pod. Nobody really cares. I got to be honest with you. We have more people view this on social medias than they do, and they should. They're part of a national brand, so. At the end of the day, let him talk. I don't give a shit. Greg Waddle follows me. I really don't mind him. Greg's really not that bad. We've talked privately in DMs. He's asked me some questions about stuff. I've corrected him about some things privately about the Illinois program that he wasn't sure of. And I have the receipts to prove that. He couldn't deny it. So you, we have said what we needed to say about the sleep first podcast. I think the best way I could tell you about Carter Elliott is if, is if he was on the side of the road, I wouldn't piss on him. And if he was on fire. So there you go. Uh, and, and, and that's just to be honest, because he took a hard stance about me being a terrible human being and he has no idea about me. So now real quick before we transition, um, William Steverson sleepers are a couple of passive aggressive fake Illini fans. Yeah. Well, Carter Elliott is definitely not an Illini fan. I mean, he's clearly a Michigan fan. Uh, you know, they, they've talked about where they've graduated and all those other things. Greg Waddle cares to a degree, but he follows a lot of Illini people. But I know he does shit on the, the program to a degree as well. Um, now, with that said, Kev, if you have any more comments on the sleepers, I'm, we're going to transition here. No, I just I just think that, you know, you know put, a, put a bow on this is that Ty, Ty Rogers – uh, stepped up and was a leader, and he he called it out. And if you're going to be the point guard of the team, which he clarified that he's going to be, um, you got to be a leader. And I'm confident he'll do well. Do I think that he is going to be all world as a freshman, as a, a sophomore point guard for this team? No, but I think he provides a lot of things that are very interesting. I heard he slimmed down to like 205, played at 220 last year, maybe even 225. Uh, I think he's. His athleticism, his quickness, his explosion, his size, his length is going to give some point guards in the Big Ten some trouble. Uh, am I still worried about his shot? 100%. But the guy can dribble, he can pass, he can facilitate, he can get to spots on the floor that can cause, that create some damage. And Illinois is going to surround him with shooters this year, unlike last year. And, you know, we're talking about that this year's team, which is all mighty important but you know i i just have such a hard time not talking about the future of illinois in the post you know we've talked about <clears throat> dane danger not very much you know and i've heard some amazing things about danger um, yeah. i think illinois is going to be just fine in the post i think dane danger's lost like 15 pounds it sounds like he's gotten rid of the whole shimmy left right uh, hakeem dream shake baloney you know Go. i'm gonna I'm the, I'm the dream, but not the dream. I have a dream, but I don't really want to be the dream, but I think I'm the dream. He's gotten rid of it because when he did all that fancy schmancy stuff, I was always irritated. While I knew he could make a few of those, instead of just going up to that rim and your higher percentage is to pump fake and just go strong, you know, maybe get fouled, he would yeah. try to do everything he could to avoid the contact. And it sounds like, you know, the coaches have drilled into him like, bro, you're, you're big, you got your broad shoulders, you can create some space. You don't have to try to hide and avoid everyone. You're a little more nimble now. 
I think he's got a little more explosion. You know, Adam Fletcher's helped out to a degree. But I've heard Dane Danger is definitely one of the most improved players on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, some of his highlights have looked really good. He has all the skills to be fantastic. He showed us in the Nebraska game when he just shut off Derek Walker's water. He just he just turned him off that he can defend at a really high level. The guy, I mean, the guy averaged nine points, five rebounds in 20 minutes a game. I mean, you you equate that over 30 minutes a game, which you would expect him possibly. I wouldn't say 30, but but if you did, if you just extrapolated that to 30 minutes a game, I mean, that's that's 13 and a half points to seven and a half rebounds. That's that's borderline all Big Ten, right? That's probably 13 all Big Ten. And uh, he's highly efficient. Uh, he needs to improve his free throw shooting as well. Uh, but I'm really excited about what Illinois will be able to do when he's in the game. But I also think Illinois will have a lot of flexibility when they move Hawkins to the five, especially with Rodgers at the point. So if Rodgers runs, goes to the point and you move Hawkins to the five, you should have four pieces on the floor around Ty Rodgers that you are worried about from three. And it'll give him some really good driving lanes. I'm excited about what this team's going to do. I'm very, I'm going to be bullish. I'm going to be more bullish on these guys than most people this year. I think this is a year where we kind of surprise some people and everybody's like been kicking Underwood and like, what are we doing? And I I just, I've got a feeling that he's going to, he's surrounded this team with a bunch of old, gnarly vets. I mean, you saw those videos of Quincy Gary, the dude built and looks like a man. Oh my God. Yeah, that dude looks like he's 30. I mean, he does, and I'm excited about. It. And I think that's another thing. Illinois went from being one of the youngest teams in the league to being, I think, probably the oldest team in the Big Ten, if not, you know, probably the top one of the top two or three oldest. But you know, Demosk is really going to help mosk some of the problems they had last year. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. And, and having yes. a healthy and having a healthy goodie, possibly right. A guy who can shoot 40% from deep, who won't turn it over, who's going to give dive for all the loose balls, who's a good rebounder. We've already mentioned what Harmon can bring to the table. A leaner, meaner Dane Danger. We got Terrence Shannon. You got Coleman Hawkins. I mean, I think there's a lot of maturity there on this team that, that it lacked. And when you got dogs on the glass and defensively like Rodgers and Harris, I think that spells nothing but success. And then – even having a guy like Hansberry, who's going to be one of the most – I think Hansberry is just a big, tough, strong kid who's going to – the minutes he gets to play, which I, I've heard he's going to play five to ten probably. Uh, yeah. He's going to – he's not going to back down from anybody. He's going to he's going to get some hard rebounds. He's going to make those tough fouls when they need some big fouls and not back down from anybody. And he's going to, he's going to have a couple breakout games where he's giving you ten and eight. You know, some nice games where it's like, we needed that. You need another physical presence in the post who's not scared of anything. So, um, and then I think the wild, wild card on the team is DGL. I think he's, I told you a couple times, I think he's going to have some major breakout, uh, some games where people are like, oh my goodness, you know, we did not, we didn't see it coming. So now, with that said, um, Merez Johnson Jr., Kevin is just blowing up. He's got everyone so impressed, jaw-dropping, been dominant, maybe the probably the best big man at the NBA Top 100, MBPA Top 100 camp. Um, you know, everybody drools over Carlos Boozer's son and then Cooper Flag for 2025. But for 2024, no one, and I mean no one, has made a better stake to the claim to be a five-star, to be an Aunt McDonald's All-American, that, that has scouts saying, I can't see him being at Illinois more than two years. I mean, he's been that good the last week in Orlando. Uh, so while I said that the five spot's going to be nice this year with Dane Danger, think about that the next year. you got going to have a five-star big in Merez and a junior Dane Danger, man. Illinois is going to be tough. Oh, especially because they do different yeah. things, you know. And Merez now is starting to show that he can go outside and knock down the three ball, which is incredible. Um, and he's just long and athletic and strong and vicious. And I'm, I'm really, really excited of where um, what's going to what what he's doing at this top 100 camp and where he can project. And like I think just having a guy be a five star and be uh, McDonald's All American was just a huge boost to the program. So. Uh, 
it's it's exciting and he seems like a great kid and he's been committed for a long time and i'm really happy <laughs> so we're getting it yeah i mean it's uh to the point where uh i'm just saying you hear all the hype and you see all the hype and it was, he was a guy I thought would just probably stay in the top 30 to 40, probably closer to 40. He was a big man that was going to just be bigger than stronger than a lot of guys, but had a competitive edge and had nice athleticism. But, man, it's just that he's a dominant rebounding force, the shot blocking machine. You know, he grew another inch. He's like at least a legit 6'10", 6'10 and a half. Uh, long arms who now has extended his range. It's just scary, you know, how good he could be by the time he shows up next year. So, um, yeah, and I've already mentioned, I think, uh, Jason Jack Stiss from Yorkville yes. of 2024. The staff's looking to close him down and get a commitment from him. So I think he's going to be the next 2024. I also think if someone were to say, Ryan, you know, who could be a surprise 2024 kid that the staff uh, goes back after? I think um, – let me see here. Okay. Who do I think the staff's going to try to work on? He's already committed someplace. But I think they regret maybe not pushing more for this kid, if you can see, Kevin. No, yep. just yep. – yeah, I think no, just is a guy that – they could have had, had a commitment from him if they pushed for it before he went to Iowa State, uh, before he committed to Iowa State. I think – I heard they told they were kind of telling him to shit or get off the pot because he was dragging his feet on it, and so they kind of just said, "Well, we're 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 done with this." Yeah, and I think so. they may have regretted that, and I think they may have learned some things from the last year of, you know, how they dealt with Sky, how they dealt with, um, how they dealt with Ray J, how they got played in that, where they're like, yeah. maybe we can stop trying to play hardball with some of these kids and just. Let it, sometimes let it play out because he did have some real serious interest. And then two or three months later, after they said shit or get off the pot, he committed to Iowa state. So right. that could have easily been Illinois. You know, sometimes when you push somebody and like, do it or else do it or else they're not, they're not going to do it. They're going to say, nah, it's cool. I'm going to take a step back. Um, but of course he's pretty close with Merez. I think he showed a shooting stroke that they've noticed. It's improved. Um, but he's a competitor. He's a tough finisher around the rim. Uh, he's a good passer. He's got nice athleticism. So no, just guys, he's an Iowa state commit. He played at Lamont and then he played with, <clears throat> he played with Merez at, um, St. Rita for a year. And then they've all, they've all yeah. kind of went their separate ways now as Merez is at, uh, Merez is at uh, Thornton, and then James Brown yep. went to Link Academy in Missouri. Um, yep. So, uh, but he's a name. If someone were to push me, twist my arm, and say, "Who is a kid that you know we're not really talking about much?" Who I think Illinois is going to try to work back in and possibly get a chance to flip if they could, and that's that's the name right there. Um, so, Kev, with that. Uh, We'll see what we got here. Check the chat out one more time. Looks like we only got one person who's willing to talk. Where's come on? Where is uh who is our where's St. Mary's Rosemary Rosemary uh Rosemary? Hey brother. Hey, it's it's Monday, July 3rd. People are watching fireworks, dude. Wait, what is that? Other people are more interested in fireworks in our show. I mean, ugh. Come on, man. I thought we were the hottest ticket dropped, in town. I, I dropped the fireworks and we fired some shots tonight, but you know, whatever. Hey, no, uh, uh, Williams. Uh, Williams uh, yeah, Steve what he did, I'll let you hit on this a little bit. That's a good question. Um, but as of right now, he's a 2025 Steverson. But, Kevin, what's your thoughts possibly? Could he drop down to reclassify? I think it's a possibility. Um, uh, you, have, you have a pretty close friend that is tied in the loop there that, that can give us all the more information. And I follow him and his stuff. But I, I do think we're in a pretty good situ situation with Jeremiah Fears. And he is showing out in NBA camp. And I understand this is that it might people might think it's weird that Jeremy Fears, his older brother, went to Michigan State. And it looked like a recruiting battle that Illinois lost. And Jeremy Fears, the Fears dad, is really tied in, really understands basketball, really gets it. He said his sons are different. He's talked about it. And he said specifically that uh, Jeremiah Fears, 
Jeremy Fears is better built for Izzo's offense, and Brad Underwood actually agreed. And he thinks Jeremiah is better built for Illinois' offense. So very excited about where he could be and what he could do. So, And then Sean Garner asks, who takes Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Williams' spot? I don't, I don't know anybody. It might be a scholarship given to a walk-on, or we just bank it. Or, or could. Mid-year it, guy. Yeah, it could be a mid-year guy too, Kev. So, Because, you know, Brad has shown that tendency to do that. I think he's done it a couple times. So um, that wouldn't be a shocker to me as well. Um, and, Kevin, I think uh, we have to make a brief mention that Illinois added two new assistants. Yes. And uh, that there's been a new NCAA rule that they've allowed two assistants. But if I if I'm correct, Kevin, it's not like they're they don't get the same type of roles that the other three assistants no. have, right? That's correct. Yeah, and I understood it's not even it's not even a huge raise. It's just kind of making positions that they're already that were already there kind of more official in some regards. But um, you know, Illinois from uh, Tyler Underwood. And Nathan Hammer, Hammer, who was the, yeah. and he was the, he's the analytics guy that's been around since 2019. So excited for both those guys. I've heard some people throw around things like, "Oh, this is a Lovey Miles Smith situation," and I'm like, "Come on, man! Tyler Underwood at least played five years of college basketball. He um, knows the game. Been, let's let's be honest here. He, he does. And Tyler Underwood's actually." had people who are very interested in he's him coming on board. He's been asked to go to the NBA and do some opera to do some things there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not, and it's, this isn't, this, this isn't like him becoming, you know, the linebackers coach. That's a, that's a lot bigger role than what he's going to have with this team here. So yeah, there's, uh, that is, whoever said it, it's a Miles Smith thing is that's a joke. So <clears throat> yeah, but I'm happy for Tyler. Tyler's a good, good dude. Um, he knows the game, yeah, and uh, even if it's a little bit of a raise, good for him. You know, who, who are we to uh, ten thousand a year? Maybe who knows what it is? Yeah, he still probably lives rent free with his dad. You know, so <laughs> he's probably still got a nice room in that mansion that they stay in. So he probably doesn't have many bills to pay. But yeah, I, heck, I'd do this. I gotta be honest. I was twenty two, twenty three. I'd probably be doing the same thing. So. Uh, and I hope I get a DM from him because we've talked a couple times. I hope he DMs me with about that comment because <laughs> because it's kind of it's it's funny, but it's not a shot at him at any means. Uh, Sean Garner sounds like Antonio Reeves is staying at Kentucky. He did not really want to pursue to get a degree a de graduate degree where he could go play somewhere else. He wants to try to finish up and get a scholarship or not get a scholarship I mean or not get a diploma from Kentucky and I won't name any names but I know several fifth year players who haven't actually got a diploma from the university that they played at um, it's and, and I would not be shocked if this is a uh, scenario but uh, to each their own again I don't have my bachelor's degree so I guess I can't really speak about it um, well yeah Stetson Bennett didn't finish his degree, and he was at Georgia for seven years. So there's that. Yeah. Let's well, say that again. Stetson Bennett didn't graduate from Georgia, and I'm pretty sure he was. There oh for my seven gosh! Years. What the man? What the heck was he doing? Dude, partying. Yeah, I mean, he was 25 when he graduated. When he, he was 25 when he left for the NFL. I mean, yeah, yeah, he was he was partying, dude. He was he was winning titles and, and kicking it. Oh man, uh, so. Uh, we're gonna. The final thing we're gonna talk about here is the finishing up the football class of 2024. Uh, and we had Lightfoot picked uh, Miami today. You mentioned it briefly earlier. Earlier, what do you think was the shocker in that situation? Just not picking Ohio State, or that he didn't wouldn't want to come to what Illinois is building in his home state with proven success defensively and going to a program where I get Jason Taylor is the defensive end coach and Mario Cristobal is tough, but they haven't proven anything yet there. You know, the, you their defense there? was soft his first year. Have you been there? I've never been to Miami, but that why would every recruit go to Miami? <laughs> well, some, some kids aren't all worried about the recruiting advantages that are built in there. They also got a lot of NIL. Uh, um, I mean, dude, they, they, there's, I mean, just anytime – 
Um, I just, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, obviously Ohio State is sexy because of the success that they've had. Uh, Miami is sexy because what Crystal Ball's, Crystal Ball's doing fun things down there, but I, you know, the on-field stuff's not there, but if you look at, he's got Taylor and that kind of thing, but you got the glitz, man. You got the, the girls and the glitz and the South Florida sun. It's just hard to pass up, dude. So, um, so we got Lightfoot picking Miami today. You know, we had Ricky Knight picking FSU. Um, so the next of the two running – the two running backs decide Friday and Saturday. So we got Darian Dupree of Mount Carmel. He's going to be announcing his commitment Friday, July 7th. And between, it's between Wisconsin and Illinois, and things seem to be trending towards Wisconsin. I don't think anything's over yet. It's baffling to me, but, I mean, okay. I mean, whatever. I mean, Illinois has really been mopping the floor with Wisconsin and recruiting this class. Uh, several of their have had Wisconsin offers. Um, so, if you lose one to Fickle in that offense, that's going to be a real pass-heavy offense. I mean, I guess congrats to Dupree. I mean, I'm happy he's going to have a good career. You know, he'll be a good player wherever he goes. Not over yet, just because we're here and it's trending now. No, I, there's been a couple telltales, you know. I've chatted with some people in the know that I trust, and they believe it's trending towards Wisconsin too. But, again, it isn't over. I haven't – I'm not waving a white flag. So, But then I know the staff has been really working hard to, you know, making phone calls to Khalil Valentine this week, even maybe yeah. possibly today, um, to try and make sure that – he, uh, you know, his lean of Utah may not be so heavy. And I think his visit really went well. Didn't hear much after, you know, I, I, I tried reaching out to him and never really got a response, but uh, Dupree's kept his real quiet too. I just got to be honest, Kev, I find it very hard to believe both of them will, will strike out on both. So I'm holding out a positive outlook on it. I've never heard, I haven't heard one person that I trust tell me like, it's a heavy lean for Wisconsin, and it's a heavy lean for Utah for Valentine. A lot still, still four or five days left. Yeah. But July seventh, Dupree. July eighth, Valentine, and and I just can't believe they're but they're going to strike out on both, man, because that Ward just doesn't strike out like that. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, it's it's a it's a position. I like both guys. I like Valentine. I mean, a little bit better. Um, I like Dupree better because he's this Illinois kid, but I, I, I like Valentine's tape. He's just uh, got some go to him. But, uh, I mean, it's a position where I don't want to say it's not a need. You want to get a running back in this class. But I, I trust what Illinois is going to be able to do from a running back position. And we've got some depth this year. we got, you know, we've got a four-star freshman running back. So, like, we'll be all right. Yeah, we will be. You just hate to see – so these line, these top twenty, you know, four star kids from Illinois, just still not buying into it, man. It's, it's head scratching to a degree, but uh, there's a lot. Trust me, it's going to be their loss. I know it. Um, now, you know, they still have Xavier Lucas is still out there. I've already put my crystal ball in for Dalen Platt. It's just a matter of him. Uh, yeah. announcing it, and so the same with, with uh, Hallinger, Hallinger from uh, Nebraska. I've told he, he's already committed. He's just waiting to announce at some point. Who knows? Sometimes guys like to announce on birthdays, you know, anniversaries maybe. There's there's just things that – reasons why kids wait a week or two or three or whatever. So I'm still expecting those two to commit, Dalen Platt and uh, Hallinger, the tight end from Nebraska. Um, but I find it – I'm going to be – I will be shocked if it fizzles out after, you know, you get a big commit from Pyfram from, you know, Caleb Pyfram from Nebraska, who is the top in-state lineman, defensive lineman. Well, sorry, offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, the top in-state offensive lineman in the state of Nebraska. Went to Illinois. Chose Illinois. He chose, he turned down Nebraska. What I, what, what I found was funny is I had a bunch of Nebraska fans, like, tweeting at me being like, he didn't turn Nebraska down. Like, oh, Nebraska told him, no, we have a couple other. No, he did turn him down because he wanted they wanted him just to strictly play guard, I believe. 
uh, and he wanted to have some flexibility on the O-line. And Illinois was like, hey, we can see you at a couple of different positions. Plus, Bielema and Miller put tons of people in the NFL, and that's where I want to go. And turn told Iowa no, who, by the way, Iowa put some offensive linemen in the NFL. You know, told Minnesota no. You know, they've got a nice little thing going there. So it's and, – and told Wisconsin no. So that's a huge get. That's a nice get. Um, and that's a guy in a, two years probably at Illinois will be seeing some time. Um, so – but I, I told you I got – Xavier Lucas is still out there. There's still those two, uh, Platt and Hallinger, that I believe are going to commit. Um, so this weekend, keep your eyes peeled for the two running backs, Dupree and Valentine. I'm still – Feeling, you know, good. Just, just chilled a little bit. That one of those is going to come to Illinois. Uh, so they've done a, a they've done a great job keeping it quiet, though. So we're going to finish this episode out, Kev. I'll let you go first, so everybody can finish enjoying their Monday night as we head to the Fourth of July. Kevin, your final thought for the evening for this week. Yeah, hey, listen, it was uh, uh, Illinois golf represented again. <laughs> I mean, uh, Steve. Stryker I might as well call this golf time. thoughts with Kevin. Right. Yeah, man, it's the summertime, dude. I mean, what are we going to talk about? I am a between the lines person, man. I care much more about what happens in the field of play than what happens outside yeah. of it. And Steve Stricker was runner up to Bernhard Longer uh, this weekend in the uh, Senior PGA Champions Tour event, uh, which was a, a major. Uh, Stricker's been having a great year. Adrian Dumont de Chossart uh, finished sixth in his Corn Ferry tour. So, and that was actually uh, in Springfield. So, what's kind of cool is that uh, ADDC has in three Corn Ferry tournaments finished first, second, and sixth. Uh, I'm pulling up the rankings right now. I'll see where he's at because there's, I think, the top five get automatic onto the tour. And just a short time, just a little bit of month, a month here, he's made two hundred eighty-two thousand dollars, and he's the sixth-ranked guy on the Corn Ferry Tour. So it's just pretty cool. Um, I, and then, last but not least, dude, is I think that Ty Rogers can be a really good point guard. <laughs> I, that's my thoughts. Hey, it's all good, man. That's what final thoughts are for. <clears throat> and but I mean, you can't deny it. You can't lie. There ain't no denying how good the uh, Illini golf program is, and. It looked like Mike Small actually finished up with a, a below par, you know, what, a one under? He, start, yeah. he started this the U.S. Senior Open with a, a below, uh, you know, one under, and then he finished with a one under. So yeah. He, he, yeah. He, he finished uh, – I, I think you're right. I think he might have had a one under. Um, he had a one under. I know he had his first and final rounds were one under. That's what I know. He struggled, though, the second and third rounds. That's why he finished where he did. Yeah, he had a rough day on Saturday, but he finished tied for 47th, which was, was really nice for him. I mean, just making the cut there is pretty impressive. That golf course was tough. Uh, those guys weren't really turning in. Really <laughs> eight, eight under one it for, uh, excuse me, seven under for longer. So, um, yeah, it's really, really awesome. Awesome that Mike Small went out and represented. You know, he's in the top 10 for a minute, and uh, it was just a so. so, my final thought. Pretty simple is that uh, Illinois is going to finish strong with their football class. Um, I I don't believe any of this negativity with people thinking, oh, these three stars uh, that Illinois has. You know, it's not sexy. You know, it's not. Here's the, what's the West Side? I can say this. They're not where you. They're not like the four-star names where you can win and build programs, all the negativity. These are high three-star kids. Also, I don't believe the thought process of is if we hype them up too much that people won't show up to the games. If we hype up a really good class, by the way, that's a top 35 national class right now. I think Illinois is going to finish up strong and finish inside the top 30, maybe right at 30. But I'm loving everything Brett Bielema is doing. I love the belief, the family vibe and atmosphere that all the coaches portray and that the kids are buying into it. Um, and please, if you haven't bought single game tickets or season tickets yet to Memorial Stadium, 
please try your best. I think there's some cheap tickets. I think you got what ten to fifteen dollar tickets on sale. July, what was it July first? Something, uh, something in that realm. Um, they got cheap tickets and they're going to stay that way. So um, try to get your tickets to, to Saturday night against Toledo. It's going to be a six thirty game. Uh, uh, September 2nd. Um, what better time to come and support these guys? We got new uniforms coming soon. Like, I'm super excited about that, you know. And Brett's talking about he loves the helmet. And I guess there's a supply chain issue with they were wanting to unveil the, the jerseys to, for all the recruits this past June, you know, but they only had half of it. So they're waiting on the second half, which I'm, I believe it's the jerseys. The pants were ready. So. They were like wanting to unveil it all together with the helmets, and they they were upset they couldn't do that for the recruits and the official visitors. But it will be ready before the season starts. That's what I heard. So, the kind of exciting thing about the the schedule here is you're gonna go uh, Toledo is the MAC favorite. Um, FAU is a really good football team, and then Kansas is projected to be a bowl team again. So Illinois doesn't. I mean, Illinois Illinois might- no cupcakes, man. Yeah, no cupcakes. So that makes for good, good, good watches. So excited for what Illinois is going to be able to to see on the schedule. Uh, should be should be some real good games for for Illinois this year. And remember, check out hometownhypeapparel.com. Get a hold of Scott Davies, 217-278-0120. He's going to hook you up with all the coolest, you know, just original gear for your hometown school or whatever, how you want to go about it. Update your gear, get it looking, get it looking right, like we do here at Keeping It Orange and Blue. Thanks for all the followers, subscribers on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, here on Twitter. That does it for this week. We'll be talking to you soon. Swami out. I L L. I N I.